Welcome to Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Good morning to you. My name is Jacobus Hollowine. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. Thanks for being with us. We're talking about health healing and healthy lifestyles. We have the experts with us in the studio or on the phone. Have them talk about their studies, a book they've written, articles they write, uh, maybe research they're doing or they have done, and just overall about their life, their passion, their profession. Always, I have to make a disclaimer. I know it sounds boring, but it's just the way it is with the FCC. If there is anything that you hear that makes it sound like we are trying to diagnose, cure, or prescribe, that's not our intention. We are totally focused on education, information, and hopefully a little bit of entertainment. We always focus on the information that's out there and try to share it with you. So please always see the guest after the show, make an appointment and say, I want to learn more about what you do and or see a physician of your choice, get the best information you can find. There is a lot of great information available in books and periodicals at the library, wherever you can find your books. And uh, of course, in on the web, uh, there are plenty, plenty options available for you to learn if you are interested in health. And all of you who are tuning in are not just listening to AM 1450 and AM 1340. I hope you truly are interested in health. Thanks for being here. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest, Marsha Scully Wallerman, is a mother nutritionist, educator, intuitive healer, and author. She encourages reestablishing the natural rhythm in the body rather than relying solely on willpower for well-being. Raised on a Midwestern farm, she has been intrigued by good nutrition since early childhood. Her first training was in secondary education. After receiving her degree in 1971, she taught high school English for 15 years while she began raising her children. During this time, she began her graduate studies in counseling. At a certain point in time, she felt she could help young adults in a more practical way if she got her nutrition degree and taught them how to care for their bodies. In 1988, she finished her certification as a nutrition consultant from the American College of Holistic Nutrition. Marsha chose seasonal nutrition as her emphasis. She went into private practice, helping hundreds of individuals and families restore the natural rhythm of the body through the stable, practical, natural science of nutrition. In the past eight years, she has updated her original degree work by doing additional studies in the areas of learning disabilities, women's health issues, sports nutrition, weight management, and metabolic function. Marsha has clients at her own office, and she also sees clients at Health in Motion Physical Therapy on Fridays from 8.30 to 11.30, and that's by appointment only. Now, her contact info is the number five, five, the number five, elementfoodsalchemy.com, fiveelementfoodsalchemy.com. And if you'd like to get a hold of her, write down this number, 522 5220722. Marsha, good morning to you. Good morning, Jacobus. <laughs> Excited to have you on the show. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. Yes, you and I have uh, known each other for a long time, and uh, I've seen you also throughout my career, let me call it that way, in, uh, in retail, and we have chit-chatted here and there, but this is, uh, this is really a treat for me, too, to have you in the studio and, and pick your brain 
on your your work because I know nutrition has been a big part of your life and you uh, and helping people has been a big part of your life so it's uh it's nice that I have a actually a chance a chunk of time to really talk with you I feel the same <laughs> so you're one of seven children in a family of seven that's right. tell us a little bit more about your life then what got you into nutrition okay I was noticing from the very beginning, for one thing, my mother seemed to know that I did better outside oh. more of the day in nature. And um, so I was noticing a lot of what life was doing around me. In the plant life, we, had, we were uh, doing grain farming as well as raising cattle mm -hmm. and dairy cattle. And so there was milk production involved and all that sort of thing. So I just very early was around all of that. Mm -hmm. And Were you being, the first? Are you the oldest? I'm the next to the oldest. The next to the oldest. And okay. uh, I think my father was, you know, after, you know, first two being girls, I think he was pretty ready for a boy. <laughs> and, he, you know, well, I should say after the first being a girl, he was ready for a boy. And that was... That was what I got to do. <laughs> he caught on early that I had a lot of, I guess he probably figured I had enough strength to keep up with him. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and stamina and focus. Yeah. And, um, so I was out on the top of, you know, wagons, big wagons bringing in bales of hay. And yeah. my brother and I were the ones who were supposed to keep the bales from, yeah. Falling over the sides because yeah. we didn't have, we didn't use bungee cords then. No. <laughs> and, uh, so it was a lot of interaction with nature. Yeah. You know, after something like that on a day like that, it was yeah. very itchy from having the the hay rub against you and all that sort of thing. So I just seemed to really prefer to be able to get out there and feel that. And um, my mother seemed to catch on to that early. If mm. if I didn't get enough outdoor time, she would maybe find me up in the attic. Uh, you know, really pondering the universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just too, too much, too secluded, too, yeah, yeah. too into this deep, deep, uh, inquiry. Into, like reading? You did a lot of reading? It was all it? just Sitting, thinking. Thinking? Mm -hmm. Thinking, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So every so often she'd find me missing and hadn't seen me anywhere and she would come right up to the attic. Oh yeah, here you are. I thought you'd probably be here. Yeah. So uh, come on down now. You're just sitting. You're thinking through everything too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it did help to get out and and be active like that. Yeah. So um, my next younger brother and I were a pair. We were out exploring all sorts of things. We had, you know, twenty cats probably at a time, and mm -hmm. a couple dogs. And I know that you always know, fits on a farm, and, right? On yeah, a all farm, that. Yes. And back then, you it wasn't common to have. No. Household pets. Yeah, you had those cats too that were all inbreeding, and oh yeah, one of them had their eye fall out, and <laughs> it's like you know they always it was a bunch of mutts. You well, were sometimes were surprised how they survived. They were. I mean, always I grew just... up on a farm. I didn't grow up, but Marielle, my wife, uh, grew up on a farm, and so when I started dating her, I would always help with the harvest and help around the the farm on Saturdays. That was my way to to be close to her. Right. And um, 
so, but the cats over there, that was all inbred. And you sometimes <laughs> saw the most amazing creatures <laughs> running around. <laughs> that's, that's a piece of nature right there, yeah, yeah, or a yeah, study exactly. of the laws of nature. Yeah. <laughs> so... No, ahead, it, it yeah. felt it felt like a very helpful beginning for me. I was on the farm until I was twelve. Yeah, and so I had all that time to get that acquainted with watching what nature does. If you don't interfere with it, if you don't block it, if you don't overstimulate it, mm-hmm. if you harvest it on time, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. So I gained this really early confidence that if you plant that seed, it's it's going to come up. Yeah. And, you know, so there you are just a little bit more realizing that if you take good care of life, life will take, you know, good care of you. Mm-hmm. Give it give it right back to you yeah. in the proportion that you have tended it. Mm-hmm. Marsha Scully Wallerman is my guest this morning on Gesundheit with Jacobus. Anytime you want to chime in and talk about uh, seasonal nutrition, five-element nutrition, if you have any experience with it, 522 5552282552255 and this is based on chinese philosophy so that is what we are uh, going to talk about uh, schools were close to the farm or was it uh, were you way out there were, were you way out there did you have to uh, was it uh, was it one of those uh, one class uh, one one room school classes or something what do you call that uh, yeah. one no. room schools that had everybody in it no we were in a small farming community but we also had a college Okay. So it brought a certain, you know, flair of culture. What state was it? In Iowa. Iowa, all right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so at the time, it would seem like it was a long time between leaving our house on the farm and getting in town. But you know how it is when you go back later and you look at all of it and you go, that's oh. only a mile. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we were only a mile or a little bit further out from town and but it was just enough to separate us you out bet. to where we we really felt, you know, that our, it was it was a it was a rural mm-hmm. existence, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so our nearest neighbors might not be any closer than maybe you know half a mile to a whole mile. It's amazing, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did really have a lot of camaraderie amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we had at one point not that long before. Not too far from the time we moved into city living, we had an, enough of us at enough of an age where we could play a fairly decent softball game in the backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes, it was, it was quite a way to begin. And I, I think, uh, I think everything that helped me have that in my early years. Did your, do you think you would have had an interest in nutrition as you do right now if you hadn't grown up on the farm? You think it would probably have happened anyway? It's hard to tell, but it's, I mean, you, you, were in, you were interested in it because you were working on the farm and you were dealing with the animals and the harvest and you saw the food grow and you, 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 food was an integral part of a family. And obviously when you have seven siblings or six more siblings, seven children, nine people in the family... Unless there was any grandparents in there too, I don't know. But food is a big part. Everybody kind of has to participate in making the meals. Right? Oh yes. Yeah. Was yeah. that where the interest started for you? It well, more probably what it was was uh, something real, um, real simple mm. called low blood sugar. <laughs> 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 so we we did kind of have that 
to watch out for yeah. in our midst. Yeah. And we didn't maybe in the early years know what to call it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as time went on, you caught on in a hurry that if you went too long without eating, you might feel a little bit lightheaded or you might get a little bit uh, what we've come to call yeah. hangry, the combination yeah. of hungry and angry. Yes. Um, so it was really, you. it was enlightened self-interest to not be yeah. too far away from food. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Yes, but then, you know, I also discovered that if I kept on a pretty good pace with that, then then everything else was pretty easy to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you get so carried away mm-hmm. with all, what was needed in a, in a day on the farm mm-hmm. that you would go a little longer with, without having that. But, no, we had our... We, there's all sorts of things that I ate then that I don't eat now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's but we of, had our own milk. You bet. We had, a, you know, from our dairy cattle. That's the best. Yes, mm-hmm. and we had uh, we would butcher our own beef Meats. cattle, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, so there was yeah. always plenty of that. And then we were also grain farmers, so there was a lot of a lot of grain. And so it is interesting to think back to what you know. And we had our own eggs, of mm-hmm. course, and all that. And we butchered our own chickens and. Don't ask me how it felt to watch chickens' heads be cut off. And oh, I did that once in a in a survival <laughs> weekend. I uh, went to. <laughs> I had to learn. I wanted to learn how to survive, and that was an interesting. We had to grab the chicken and grab it with the legs, and then swing it around. Right. Swing it around like this, forward, backwards, yeah. because it rushes the blood to the head. Sure. And then put it on the block and chop it off and let it run around for a little bit. Oh yeah, that was that was probably <laughs> my first horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. A live horror movie was yes. watching that act you just started yeah. you know, we were just talking about right there. That yeah. just horrified me to see that <laughs> headless creature uh, you know in that status. So, no, I I got to where I didn't like chicken at right. all. I I didn't <laughs> I didn't eat it. It was I was just in on too yeah. much, you yeah. know. Um Etc. So no, we had our hands in all of that sort of thing. So we we still had to buy some groceries, but we really mm-hmm. did have very our- self sufficient. Mm-hmm. So it says that uh, when you went after high school study, you decided to go for uh, education, to become an educator, become a teacher, mm-hmm. and so you kind of moved away from the food. What what was it? Well, it says over here on your intro that once you were teaching children, you felt. You know, there is something that's missing and that there's good nutrition. Well, what I still was starting to do at the beginning of my college training, my initial degree, was be a biology major. Oh, is that right? So oh. I thought that's what it was going to be the ticket. Yeah. Um, yeah. I discovered really early into the first year that I did not have the kind of interest in doing the lab, the long lab hours and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, was probably more thinking I was going to be working with the body more instead yeah. of seeing how much soap, dish soap in a, in a, in a water tank could kill the goldfish. Oh, interesting. You know, things yeah. like that. I, I listened into the, yeah. to the more extensive lab work at that point <laughs> that maybe would have held my attention better. But I quickly caught on that it wasn't going to be my real area of major study. Mm-hmm. So I switched then to education mm-hmm. and, what I have kind of as a combo where I stand uh, is I do have a poet inside of me and I have a writer inside of me and mm-hmm. an, and a love for the arts. 
and literature yeah and all of that and so it did make a very likely next thing for me to put my major focus on in my study mm -hmm. and then that was that was wonderful really for those close to those whole 15 years i taught high school english i didn't start noticing this other trend which was i it was hard to think about teaching children grammar or literature or whatever when i would see them slumped over their desks asleep at like 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. You know, and by the time Pop-Tarts started coming in and yes, things like yes. quick breakfasts. And, yes. Um, so I, I eventually would find myself mm. almost wanting to talk with their parents yeah. when they came to pick them up um, because I maybe noticed that Johnny just didn't have any immune strength and he was, you know, everything, everybody else in the room could do fine except this dear Johnny. Yes. You know, and that everything came in too far on him, too quickly, too easily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then I found myself really, since I think I only took action on it one time, but I, yeah. outside of my school setting, I did talk to the parent about it. Mm -hmm. So then I started thinking, okay, well, we, we certainly can't keep this up. <laughs> no, no, because so, it's hard for you too. Well, sure. And it's distracting for the other students. And in the meantime, as you already stated there, my um, second daughter... Mm -hmm. was one of twins, identical mm -hmm. twins, mm -hmm. and one was stillborn a day oh. before the delivery. Oh, wow. And the surviving twin, Catherine, was stressed during labor and delivery mm -hmm. and oxygen-deprived, and oh. she was dealing with cerebral palsy. Oh. It was quite an interesting adventure from the beginning all the way through uh, of that pregnancy because... At a certain point, I could tell that I had twins. Mm. I had already had one baby. Yes. And I knew what that felt like. Well, you can easily feel two heads and two bottoms. Right, right, right. <laughs> if you're carrying twins. But for some You reason, weren't aware that you had twins? Well, for a while? As, as the babies grew. Mm. Um, but they never saw that. Ultrasound was available at huh. the time, but I wasn't... Um, at that point, they weren't hurrying everybody in really quickly oh. to, to have those, um, you know, types of testing done or anything. Yeah. And so at, at one point, um, it, it was a little bit interrupted because my regular doctor was gone a fair amount of my later pregnancy. And there was something in me that didn't even reach out to get more testing done or anything like that once i started catching on there's definitely two babies yeah whenever they would um take the heartbeat they would take it from the front of my body and the back and it would the babies were so lined up in the womb that oh. they would it would be one heartbeat oh wow and so i started having this deep inner sense that for some reason this was supposed to be very private and protected huh this this whole event um, I didn't have the awarenesses then that I have come to gain over the, sure. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the the years between then and, and now. But I was somehow, I just had a deep inner sense that I was not supposed to probe into that. So they would have checked more at mm -hmm. the time of labor, but my doctor was away, so someone filled in. And so they didn't, they didn't actually catch on that there were twins until the emergency C-section. Wow. And I was totally sedated, and thankfully, one of the operating room nurses told
told me afterwards what how it was, what the scene was like. She said we were all so sad when the first baby was yeah. delivered and was was stillborn. But then she said, I saw life and movement still up higher in your body. Wow. And so then they went ahead and and delivered Catherine and she was in such a, a small tight space um, and in breech position and that they had to use a lot of forceps and that's what gave it the, the cerebral palsy. Let's continue with that when we come back. All right. Marsha Wollerman, my guest folks. Gesundheit with Jacobus. We'll be right back. What a story. I mean, we, we just, uh, sadly enough, we had this hard break, so we had to stop when you were talking about Catherine being born, uh, one out of twins, and the, the twin, the, the other one was stillborn the day before. My goodness. That is, that is a traumatic event, in my opinion. Definitely changes a person. It was, it was a very defining moment. Mm. That was for sure, and I, caught on right away that it was going to take a lot of focus and patience and surrender. And yet there was always mixed with it this knowing that we also have to hold a thought. Yeah. You know, hold a hold a um the thought that the possibilities are there for greater ability, mm-hmm. you know, to take place. And so I one of the things that was so comforting to me, even though at a certain point I could tell she was quite unlikely going to be a walker and not talking. Yeah. Um, she didn't have any intelligible speech and that she only had, um, partial vision. Her oh. pupils dilated so that she could see light and dark and rough, very rough outlines probably huh. of images, but she didn't have the ability to look right straight at you then she because of that peripheral vision she was more likely when you speak to her she'd be looking off to the left or the right yeah more like a macular degeneration thing where your focus isn't there but you can see in the sides of your eyes right so she would likely have not had any distinct uh, glimpses ever of, huh. of our faces that yeah. would have been too specific huh. it would have been more like rough outlines of body shape or something like that if she had been a walker, walking, you know, a ambulatory child, she would have shown that by bumping into everything as oh, she okay. walked. Okay. Okay. Uh. And then, then people catch on even earlier yeah. that, that they're dealing with, you know, cortical blindness with that child. So, but because her pupils dilated, she didn't have the look of a blind child. Oh, okay. Um, she had, you know, a, a lot of attention. Uh-huh. Um, she was very attentive uh-huh. and as time went on and some of the testing they did, they could see that she had a quite an interesting level of intelligence uh-huh. and even though she couldn't convey any of it, uh-huh. she didn't have any purposeful movement. She was not deaf though. She, she was wasn't not, deaf. Not deaf. Very, very keen hearing and that's what picked up a lot for the gap. But I read, I read in your story, uh, you, uh, she was not able to swallow. So you had to make food that she didn't have to swallow uh, reflex? Well, the issue there was more of an imbalance in the way she swallowed with her throat muscles being too spastic sometimes because of the cerebral palsy. So she would have a quick gag reflex. Mm -hmm. So I, a lot of this at that point, it was 1974, and I didn't have a lot of what's available today, speech therapists, occupational therapists that, 
help everybody that's in a situation parenting a child like that to have the knowledge of you know practical assists that you could have to mm-hmm. to make it you know a lot easier so I would now and then catch a really good tip somewhere from another mom that had a similar challenge with their child. And by the way, why were you living at this time? That was all. Those first um, six years were still in Iowa. Still in Iowa. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so then she would have um, no purposeful movement. Mm-hmm. So if she, the most graphic example of it was when she had chicken pox. Uh, at one point, my three children got the chicken pox two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, three of them in a row. Yeah. And I remember how stark the contrast was between Catherine and her brother and her sister. Yes. Stephanie and Christopher. Yeah. And because they would just go after those, you know, those scratches. Yeah. They yeah. would be right on it, you know, yeah, and, yeah. but she would, by comparison, just have to sit there and kind of like, Oh, you know, like yeah, make noise. Help me out here. You know? yes. uh, but so she couldn't purposely go and just itch where, where it was itching. Yes. And, uh, that was, you know, those were, those were pretty interesting moments, really. And that's where I think I, that's an understatement. Yeah. Well, I, I realized when I would see that sort of thing going on that it didn't serve me at all to relate too deeply. Yes. In my own world, with how hard that must be yeah. for her, yeah. because then I would start to just take it in, mm-hmm. you know. And I also couldn't hold the image as well that well, maybe she will, you know. At that point, there were in the early years of her life before mm-hmm. she was twelve, there were things that were happening where people that were similarly handicapped were having breakthroughs. She did end up having a lot of breakthroughs. It just didn't ever translate into intelligible speech. Or purposeful movement, or walking, but we did a, we did a lot of alternative. And Catherine things. was the oldest. No, she was second. She was second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you have support, family support at the time? Yes. Were you married? I mean, was yes. it? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Right. How mm-hmm. was your husband dealing with it? He was a good support. He loved Catherine a lot. Yeah. And he did what he could. And um, it was hard for him. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. But what what saved me was that I could have the sense, which every parent has, that you want to be able to make a difference or comfort your child mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with some simple thing even. And I started catching on then that that was the key thing for her. She, even if these other abilities weren't improving and or improving it in a great degree she still needed to be able to respirate Mm -hmm. she still needed to be able to eliminate she still needed to be able to digest Mm -hmm. she still needed a good strong immune system that's right and she still needed good natural stimulation from her endocrine system to spark her cells into and glands into action Mm -hmm. and so there there we were food became a really easy place to put that focus and I was told from the beginning that she would probably not be able to be a good mouth feeder and that I should just start g-tube feeding her right young oh wow she lived to be 23 and we never did g-tube feeding Mm -hmm. she just enjoyed it so much that there was no part of me that was going to deny that Mm -hmm. to her and as time went on I realized I was pretty much just getting tutored in a lab of life right there for what I was 
going to be doing then with yeah. the life work that I'm doing now. That was probably also a, a great way to connect with her. I mean, to actually feed her by mouth and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to sit there and talk and, right. you know. Right. Oh, it totally was. We had a lot of telepathic communication where we just understood. Mm-hmm. That's all the more I can say. We would just understand. Interesting. And without her saying anything or without me saying anything. Yeah. It was really amazing to say one thing to her near the last week of her life when um, I was feeding her in her at that point, she was in an adult group home after 18 okay. for a few more years before uh-huh. she passed. And I was telling her that I was just realizing that she was 23. She's the age I was when I had her. Oh, wow. Okay. So I said it. I was musing about this out loud. Uh-huh. And I said, um, you know, sweetie, this hasn't always been easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's been the most amazing, amazing mm-hmm. journey. And I'm grateful. Yeah. And she just took this huge in-breath and a huge sigh. And her shoulders then could relax. It's just like any child that knows what their parent is really going through. Right. And what their, what their parent's holding out on yeah. and not admitting to mm. their children. Yes. And it was, it was one of the key moments too where it just encapsulated how much she understood. Ah. And it felt so good, it seemed to her soul to be able to have me have the experience of saying those words to her out loud because I had never, ever said it to her. Oh, interesting. Never, ever, huh. you know. And because she couldn't see as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, she often she often would have um, maybe not caught on to some of the, you know, other signals that could have told her that I was maybe sometimes wearying, you know. I, I did lift her. A lot, yes. because she never did walk. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she was small, it was easier to lift her than to lift the adaptive equipment. Huh. I can remember getting a Isuzu Trooper when oh, they yeah. first came out. Yeah, <laughs> because it looked to me like her wheelchair with her in it would still have headroom in the back. Yes, if um, you know, if I went ahead and got that Trooper. Yeah, and then I realized um, that what the in, intense incline would have had to been yes to for a ramp mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to get her up in there. I mean, we would have been on some amazing incline. You bet, yeah, yeah, and that would have been harder. Uh-huh. So I did go ahead and get the trooper, even though I sorted out that other part. Yeah. Um, now at this point, I was single parenting, mm-hmm. and I did that for mm-hmm. ten years. Yeah, uh, with those three kiddos. Huh. Um. So, you know, those were some of the decisions that I was having to make. You bet. And I had to now, co- she was not able to move her arms much, right? So she couldn't, uh, um, she would not be able to touch your face and feel your face like people who are blind often do in order to have a better idea mm-hmm. about the surroundings. Uh, you said she was not able to move much. Right, right. And, and just that whole lack of purposeful movement. So, so did she have movement in all? In she Obama? well, the the nice thing that took place was we started when she was about five, getting into more holistic approaches. Yeah, and um, although we'd already been doing some pretty okay things with her food since she had been like a two year old, mm-hmm. we discovered in a hurry that processed sugar in her meals 
or too much meat or whatever, yeah. or maybe just not having the meal well balanced, mm-hmm. would leave her very spastic afterwards. Okay. All right. And it was easy to see. She was spastic quadriplegic, so it was her arms and hands and her legs and her feet. Yes. So if she got into more of an acidic state, yes, she would be more spastic. Huh. All right. So it was constantly in my face. I mean, it was like a constant tutoring. Right. To find out, did you keep like a diary about this, I, this I works, did, this doesn't work? I did a fair amount of that. And what I started discovering was that she... Uh, well, actually, what was starting to be a support for me was I was even seeing when I would, before I'd wake up in the morning, there might be just a papaya or some food in my mind's eye. Yeah. And I'd start thinking I wasn't aware that I had the intuitive uh, side of me. Yeah. At that point. And I started just discovering, okay, well, whatever this is, uh, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would go ahead and I'd follow it and then I would. So that would be food that probably you should try with her. It would, you know, it never had like a big red X uh, through it. Or right. Something. <laughs> <laughs> and so papaya is the earth element, the yeah. natural sweet taste. <laughs> okay. It's comforting. It's yeah. soothing. Yeah. It gives the person a sense of security. They're safe. They have mm-hmm. what they need. Mm-hmm. Cozy. And so you know she she would just relax even out of the spasticity just with the first few bites of the of the papaya or the papaya juice. Interesting. And so I started making, yeah, I did, I, for a while I made notes about it. It just became mm-hmm. a part of me. Uh, yes. It was it was coming to me so fast, there was no way I could take care of her and do the other How cataloging. was her digestion? I mean, how was her, uh, could you tell from her bowels if a food was uh, accepted or not? Yes, it, it was good. Okay. Yeah, and... So when it was too acidic, it would be more loose stool, I take it? Or was it just, it would give her the spastic movements, but you would, you couldn't tell in her bowels, for example, or urine that no, it, it was would show bad up. food. Okay. It would definitely show up. That's yeah. where I started realizing more about each organ system yeah. and what it needed nutritionally to, to be up to par. Mm. And it was uncomfortable for her on top of her already mm. level her already present level of uncomfortability yes, and challenge to add anything more challenging to the picture if, if there was a way to avoid it. Mm-hmm. What an interesting story to have her talk about the, uh, the early life and motherhood and uh, dealing with a, uh, not dealing with, uh, you know, being the mother of three children and uh, one of them had the cerebral palsy, right? Cerebral palsy, yes. And uh, wow, a story, powerful. Uh, and that is indeed where you started realizing, um, you know, how, how, how important nutrition can be for the human body. Well, many of us can just push it away or not complain about it and just take the stomach ache or the, uh, uh, the acidity for what it is or the diarrhea or the constipation for what it is. You said this, these are all signs for me to know what's going on. It was very direct feedback yeah. and very quickly. Uh-huh. You know, it might only have been five minutes after she ate mm. whatever she was eating. Wow. And then as I would, uh, in her later years, when I'd be feeding her, if I gave her things that had foods that had a lot of natural calcium in them, she would get so relaxed that she wouldn't even really be able to finish chewing her food. Really? So I started catching on, you know. So she was able to chew, but she had she a could. hard time with uh, swallowing. Right. So if the gag, be- if I would 
you know, basically it was something very, very low tech. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was taking the spoon and putting the bowl of the spoon right in the center of her tongue and then gently depressing for just a couple seconds, right? In the middle of her tongue before every, I put every bite in that way okay. and that would just take care of deactivating that gag reflex I see. for another little while. How'd you discover that? Was that a tip that you was got through from another someone? mom? That oh was, wow! Yeah, right. Wow. And that's mostly what wow. I was, what I was um, working with at the time. And it, along with this parallel, I was trying to do what I could to help with uh, getting the right services for young handicapped children into the public school system. Oh wow! Now we take it for granted. Yeah. But yeah. back then, where I was, and uh, there was not early intervention like mm -hmm. that. And another friend of mine. Um, Kay, we'll call her, was the mother of a cerebral palsy son. And we just kind of teamed up and we decided we were going to make a little bit of our mission to make sure that the public schools started doing more early intervention for handicapped children. Because yeah. we could see that our children were going to get more handicapped if they didn't receive more of those early yes. intervention mm. avenues uh, in the public school system mm -hmm. so we did we campaigned a lot for that and it did make a lot of difference when they would see um when they would see my friend Kay's red mercedes pull up in the parking lot outside the school system yes <laughs> you know whatever yeah um we sometimes would see bodies scurrying inside the building <laughs> through the windows but we were we were a couple of women with a mission and yes it did, it did change things. And, um, so that was another piece of therapy yes. for us too, to just think if we can help in some way to lessen what the challenge is in ways that are just, huh. you know, simple. Hmm. And so that there isn't needless handicaps being, in, you know, increased. Yes. Right. Wow. Interesting. Did you, you know, I, I think uh, part of it is uh, with, in today's world where we have so many different diets, we talk about the blood type diet, the Mediterranean, the macrobiotic, the vegan, the vegetarian, the paleo, you have all these different diets. At that time, you cannot really put a diet on uh, Catherine. You couldn't really do that. You kind of had to figure out, does raw work today or does it need to be steamed or can I saute mm -hmm. it or can I... Do I have to boil it? Uh, you would have to figure out what worked for her specifically, right? There was no, oh, yeah. I mean, you cannot, you cannot implement your own desire or craving. You say, hey, I think this is a really good diet. Let's put her on this macrobiotic diet or on this vegetarian diet. It doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. Well, and she didn't have one political bone in her body. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> she, all she knew was whether or not it relaxed her, whether yeah. it satisfied her, yeah. comforted her. And that's what I got to constantly witness so that's where i had to just start going with my own heart's wisdom and yes. deciding okay this is what works this is what works for for catherine that's all that i need to focus on i don't yeah. there weren't as many diets crisscrossing the you know the scene then yeah. um that's for sure no that's it was not. you know i mean vegetarianism was getting more discussed of course you yes. know and some raw food um uh, you know, approach as well, but it was still, I had to just keep going, well, I can't, it, it can't, uh, you know, interfere with what I already have an inner sense I need to do with Catherine because she would suffer too much and I, 
Yes. <laughs> and I would too. And it needlessly would use our time and energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you have two other children. And right. that, that were, were they helping out as far as they, as much as possible? Or was it, uh, I just keep thinking you have to feed yourself. You have to spend a lot of time with Catherine. And then you got Christopher and your other daughter. And Stephanie. Stephanie. So they need to eat three meals a day. So your, your, uh, you applied yourself to foods a large part of the day. Yes. In those. And you were teaching. I, at that point, I went to substitute teaching, so I okay. wasn't doing it every single day. Okay. And, um, so yes, it was, it was tricky. Mm. Um, especially once I was a single mom. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it was, you know, those, those were amazing years. Yeah. I look back at <laughs> you, it, you know, you, you know, if, if you ask them what they think about Volkswagen vans and journeys, you yeah. know, going yeah. camping and, yeah. You know, eight hours a day in a road trip and then get up and do two more the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the kids learned how to deal with it all. Well, you they, know? they, they did. They, they learned very early, um, about just, you know, working with something that's different. Yeah. And not, not being put off just because some lady can't do mm-hmm. what most everybody else can do. So mm-hmm. they were really aware of, of diversity mm. at an early age. And, uh, I, I've seen what that's meant, you know, over time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a, what a powerful story. I have to say it's, uh, really amazing. I, I know I have, I've met Catherine and, mm. um, you know, and I, I, I saw how you were dealing with it. it was just amazing. And, you know, but again, I'm an outsider, so I never had that experience and I don't want to sound, disrespectful or anything when I use the wrong verbiage here when I say how you were dealing with it. Uh, that's not what it is. You're a mom and it's your daughter and this is just how your life is. You know, but still from an outsider looking in, it was not always, uh, I had a lot of respect for you because I don't know how you would do all that in a day and, mm-hmm. and, and bathe her and, and put her in bed and dress her. You know, she can't really move. So it is a lot of work involved. Hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Well, it was, but the bulk of the time I've had good family support mm. with having all those siblings and, yeah. you know, uh, so it, it has, everybody in the family welcomed Catherine. It wasn't like anybody wished she were somewhere else. Yeah, good point. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're really going to dig into the five element nutrition. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. Marsha Scully Wallerman is my guest this today. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Well, let's talk a little bit about get people introduced into what has morphed into what you're doing right now with the seasonal nutrition and what that means. Explain that to us, please. Seasonal nutrition. I mean, it makes sound simple to me because we have four seasons. So I guess and, and Christmas and, and Thanksgiving. So we've got six seasons. <laughs> Yeah, it's all how you look at it, right? (laughs) Well, if I could digress just a bit, I'm wanting to say quickly hello to my daughter, Stephanie, and my son, Christopher. Great. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good chance that they're listening. And to any of my six siblings. Wow. Yes. They're all tuning in? 
uh, you know, well, if they don't, it's possible, they better. It's possible they're doing at least enough to say that they got on the show. <laughs> I didn't ask any of them to stay on for three hours. Well. <laughs> All right. So, um, hello, everybody. I would like to um, first preface going into the five element in this way, and that is, if it could be written as five elements of divine being, mm -hmm. you would probably have a more instant understanding immediately. I see. Okay, so what it allows us to do with looking at nature this way, and they were very big on doing this in the Chinese classical medicine era, which was 5,000 years ago. That would have been before the Chinese traditional medicine era. And they were focused on working with the body and viewing the body as a whole. They were not interested in treating yeah. symptoms yeah, yeah, yeah. or single injuries or, you know, don't just worry about that guy's dandruff on his head and how are we going to stop that dandruff. They saw the body as a whole and they, tr they treated it as a whole. Yeah. They figured also that if we want the body to perform as a whole, we have to feed it as a whole, hmm. as a whole system. Mm-hmm. Now, back at that point, that was a lot easier and natural for them to do because they live so much off the land. The Chinese actually is one of the major civilizations. I think it might be close to the only one that never had any starvation or famine because they had so much in-depth understanding of botany and plant life. Mm. So if something was a, a, a bad crop for a season that was near where they were living, they would just pack up their temporary, you know, housing, and they would just go down the road another 30 miles to where they where there was a better, you know, there was better... Um, soil. Soil. Um, there, there was no blight for whatever reason, or there yeah. hadn't been all sorts of, you know, richness in the soil washed away with, oh. um, you know, flooding or, or whatever. So they just constantly had to be paying attention to nature. They took a lot of their cues from that. It's, it's funny when I remember hearing years ago the, the difference for animals compared to humans is that animals have to gear their whole day. They, they know they could have a good day as long as they can eat. Right. <laughs> humans, oh, answer, humans, yes. humans have a little bit more built into their culture that they will get their food. But the animal has to first think about finding its prey you know, and sneaking up on it and strategizing how it's going to be yeah. nicely done. Yes. And, and then, you know, dive in. Yeah. But there are certain circumstances that don't allow that prey to be very handy mm. or visible or accessible. So the Chinese would circle around a few carrots <laughs> yeah. and then just dive in. They never dig, got dig any, the carrots. They never got any big resistance <laughs> from the carrots. Um, so, it is kind of interesting that in an animal's mind, they every every morning they're probably waking up and thinking, "Well, we'll see how this goes. Yes, <laughs> we'll see if we get to eat today." Yeah. So they can't ever get this sense that they're in good shape, that they've got a lot of chi and stamina and health on board, and they they lock they can lock it in. You know, we we kind of figure we are to some extent locking it in. We're not wondering where our next meal is going to come from. Uh, you know, uh, at least the bulk of the population in certain parts of the world. So that isn't so much what we're concerned about. What we're more feeling a little uneasy about is 
we have divine origins. We, you know, it, it's, it's kind of always been amazing to me to think of it this way. You know, when a baby's born, everybody can picture, oh, just, just fresh from, mm-hmm. fresh from heaven. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. So it's like you sense that life comes from etern- an eternal yeah. situation. Yeah. And then when someone passes, you, everybody's going, oh, okay, well, they're in a better place. They're, yeah. they're, in, they're, they're, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. They're in eternity. Okay, now, what used to baffle me was, well, what, what about the time when we're here? <laughs> right. Does eternality stop? No, no. It's part of it. It's part of the, part it, of the sequence. And if so, then that means these bodies must be having something that can keep remaking themselves. Otherwise, the human lifespan would maybe have been 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I would, I was, these are some of the things that I would have pondered in the attic at the yeah, farm. I was, if, ju- I, if I was just going to say that. I could you see probably, it coming. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if left alone to my own devices, I would have, you know, been the digging. The world made a lot of sense. <laughs> right. Well, obviously, I wanted the world to make <laughs> <Yeah>. sense. <laughs> um, and I wanted something that gave me just a little bit more way of, of maybe sharing that sense with others. So that's the bottom line, obviously, in my practice. Um, now... But I, I I do understand also that when the when the Chinese were not treating the body like a like a like a bundle of symptoms, right? And and, and separate parts. Part of that is, I guess, it, back in those days, uh, anatomy wasn't a big part yet. It was not completely understood. I mean, we they mm-hmm. weren't taking bodies apart to try to connect. Uh, hey, if I press here, let's see what starts to uh, you know mm-hmm. to wiggle. Uh, well, they did a little bit of sure, but they th- did a little bit of getting in. To the body to inspect it. It's it's funny before they discovered some higher path to cleansing the body. They actually this wouldn't have been I don't think in Chinese classical medicine era, but they actually and possibly it was they would actually open up the body and take the organs out and wash them oh. in an antiseptic solution. Oh, so they were doing a little bit of of that yeah, kind yeah. of surgery. Uh-huh. All right, but that became quickly. Apparent to be a really not pain. not that was kind of a nuisance. Yeah, they, I'm was. sure there was enough motivation in that to yeah. make them want to find an easier way to do that. Wow, interesting so, though. At one point in 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 that era, they were mostly looking at the yin yang philosophy mm-hmm. or the opposites. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, acid and alkaline, uh, male and female, active and passive, light and dark you know, uh, anabolic, catabolic, whatever terms you want to put on those two opposites. Mm-hmm. But in the East, unlike in the West, our attitude is more that opposites oppose each other and um, combat each other and are right. in competition with the, each other, right. okay? okay? In the East, they more saw opposite polarities as two ends of the, the pole, okay? And so they saw that there was a cooperation, even though they were very opposite of each other. They saw the cooperation was the key. So it was the dance between, you know, the active time of day and the passive time of day that made it so that the body, after 24 hours, could smile again and say, "Okay, well, we got a little of each." Yes. All right. So they went on that philosophy for a long time in planning their foods. Yes. 
They used it to plan their music. They used it to figure out what the emperor was going to wear to the state events, ah. <laughs> you know, et cetera. Um, so this was, um, at a certain point, not quite cutting the mustard right. enough for their what they wanted to see their bodies capable of. Mm-hmm. And at that time, there was such an emphasis on having extraordinary quality of life because they wanted to keep the emperor going forever. He was, you know, he was... Uh, yeah, he, was he was more than just a spiritual leader. He was uh, he was a father figure, I'm sure, oh, for yes. everybody, and that's how they look at it. And yeah. uh, that is the person who holds the nation together for as far that's as right. the Chinese could understand how big the nation was. Well, yes. Yeah. All right. So it was primo to keep the emperor alive. In fact, anybody who was caught doing something sh- shoddy yeah. or careless that would have injured him somehow was probably done away with. I see. Yes. Uh, quietly. Yeah. Uh, or maybe publicly. Um, so it was of highest import to keep the emperor going. Now, there were reports, of course, of emperors that were you know, upwards of 120 years. So wow. they didn't want to just have longevity. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to be quality yes. life. Mm-hmm. So they really, when they got done with a meal, if it didn't leave them feeling still empowered and strong and balanced and with energy to go do some more things instead of sitting back on the sofa and going, Ugh, guess I ate a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, that was of primo importance to them. So they decided then they, were itchy to get it a little bit better, so they combined the five element philosophy with the yin yang philosophy. Okay. So instead of just looking at the balance between the yin and the yang, and so when that came along, that really everything just zipped into much more of a feeling of wholeness in their meals. And so when we say whole foods, what that phrase uh, means is has has got so much more to it in truth than what we use it to mean uh-huh. casually. We talk about a whole food being one that doesn't have any preservatives in it, any, um, that it's, it's, um, you know, right from nature. It's, right. it's, it's clean. At the it's, right time. Yeah. It's, you eat it's it pure. within a certain time. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, and that's how we kind of look at whole food. Although over the last 15 years, we've become a lot more aware that, there's more to it than that. And so what in their mind it took to have something be whole was the yin-yang characteristic had to be there. In other words, the pH had to be balanced in right. the meal they ate, mm-hmm. the acid and alkaline, and that the five organ systems had to be getting something in the meal to feed each of them okay. in a fairly e- equal way. So what we're always going to hear when we're talking about Chinese medicine, classical era was essence of nutrition was more what mattered than volume. So, you know, for instance, if you ordered a whole truckload of pea gravel delivered to your house to redo your driveway, if they pull up with 14 trucks of boulders, nice, nice quantity, Yeah. but it's not the quality, it's not the characteristic, it's not the nature of what you wanted. Good point. Okay? Yeah. So it's, it's meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I know even in the Hunza tribes, we hear how they, they could have cared less about quantity mm. if the right essence weren't there to begin with. That match, match their needs. It's interesting, yes. Okay? So, but when we think about it, our Western 
nutrition, even sometimes Western holistic nutrition, even sometimes in the last few years still, we're a little bit more fixated on how many calories, how many milligrams, how many cups of that, how many meals a day. I see. Okay. Um, Yeah, et cetera. So that's more focusing on quantity or volume. So instead of somebody getting up in the morning thinking, well, if I put this much volume into me with my food today, I'll be, I'll be satisfied. I'll have what I need. Uh-huh. All right. So this is looking at it from essence gives you a whole different advantage because number one, you can customize right into that person. Yes. If, for me, over my years of my work, the best reason to eat what you're choosing to eat yeah. is because you already know who you are. You know what you, you're hoping your day will go like. You know what you need to have it go that way. Mm-hmm. And you are loving yourself enough to give yourself the advantages you need mm-hmm. to come out on top. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you've got a talk at Toastmasters at lunch, yeah, you're probably not going to do yourself a lot of favors. Uh, it, maybe more if you're a woman than a man. <laughs> Men can always pack the food away. Yeah. But for, for maybe you know, somebody else, they might realize, oh man, every time I eat, you know, that ranch hands breakfast, the hash browns, the... The sausage, the eggs, y- the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, then there you are. Just, you know, it's not getting a chance to digest as well, especially if somebody, in so many people's case, they sit at a desk after right. they ate their breakfast. Yes. Well, how much likelihood is it that that food is going to get digested and have the... Uh, sufficient physical exercise going on at that time of day to break down, you know, to break, to use, utilize all that food that went in. So anything we can't, we take in that we can't turn into a productive use in our body, it's going to be just double parked somewhere and it becomes a burden. Right. But I I do believe, and I, I, I strongly uh, feel that it works this way. I, I tell people, Try not to drink while you eat. Try not to drink right before you eat. Let the stomach acid build up so that it can do the job it needs to do, which is liquefying everything you eat. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then once the stomach is full, don't drink again for about 30, 40 minutes afterwards. So let the stomach liquefy that food, digest it, and move it on into the duodenum and then the smaller rest of the small intestine. And I often find that people who, who eat food they have a glass of water with it or they drink a glass of water before they eat or they're looting the acid. And so I, I usually say, listen, you can sip on something. You know, you can you can have a little bit of water or iced tea or if you enjoy a glass of wine for dinner, you can sip that, but don't drink a glass of water. Don't drink a big glass of beer when you go to a restaurant while you eat. I understand that people do it, but the main reason why most people walk out of a restaurant and feel horribly bloated and <laughs> just like, oh, God, i got to go home and lay down is because they're simply drinking too much. So all the food that's sitting in the stomach has no place to go. It needs to be, with the acid, it needs to be liquefied. It needs to be digested. That's right. And even um, some of the sensations after eating a meal that didn't totally satisfy you when you've got this sense that, oh, I need a little bit more. I didn't. I don't feel fed yet or whatever sometimes that's just because the undigested part of your meal is going in and creating you know it's going to that stage the chyme 
it's changing into that more fluidy kind of swampy yes. texture, which yes. is what it needs to yes. momentarily at that point in digestion. But um, if if you haven't digested completely, there's also probably going to be some more unfriendly bacteria that the body's going to call into action to ferment that food the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. We can't just take in a meal or food in our day and have it double park for three days. No, we can't. It, it's got to be tra- it's got to be resolved mm. one way or another. Best way to do it is digestive enzyme. I mean, enzymatic digestion, not yep. not through fermentation. All right. So this is powerful. I, I like this. This is digestion is a big issue. A lot of people have issues with digestion, and I, 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 I so often tell them that you can take. Well, we can talk about it. Um, a lot of people come to the store and say, "I need probiotics because I have digestive problems." And I said, "Well, who says it started in the intestines? Maybe it started in the mouth. You know, well, did you eat the right food? Did you chew it okay? Were you paying attention when you were eating?" Is your stomach? Are you drinking while you eat? You know all these things, and they look at you like I didn't even know there was that much involved. I thought we just eat and we poop. You know, so it's uh, no, it doesn't work that way. Well, we're going to talk about it when we come back. Uh, we're halfway done, folks. Halfway done with Gesundheit with Jacobus today. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Tell us what are the five elements. I mean, that maybe helps people that we uh, because I really like the way you explained it about the Chinese about uh, their their absolute need to support the emperor. They wanted to make sure the emperor lived a long life. That was a very important figure in many, many, uh, in many ways for them. But these five elements are wood, air, fire, and, and also how they are connected with the organs. Yes, all yeah. right. So it's wood, fire, yeah. earth, metal, otherwise known as air element, yeah. and water. Okay. So we were talking earlier about how nature was their teacher. They were constantly immersed in nature as they lived so close to it all the time. And they saw those as characteristics or phases of what it took to promote the eternal life cycle, birth, maturation, fulfillment. Okay. All right. So they also saw each day as one miniature eternal life cycle. Birth, maturation, fulfillment in every 24 hours. So they, one of the, you know, ways of visualizing how this could make their understanding of how to nurse themselves easier was think of those five seasons in the day and think of that whole 24 hours as going to be one whole eternal life cycle. Okay. So in the morning, it would be more like the spring you energy. Wake up, right? Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. spring energy. You're being born. All right. Then you get up closer to 11, 11:30 in the morning. And by noon in nature the sun's at its highest point straight above. Yeah. Okay, so that's when the fire is the greatest. Okay. In nature. It will be summer then, right? Yeah, that right. would be the summer of the day. Mm-hmm. And then you get on to where you're going to have some now some people might be asking as they're listening, what is the deal with five seasons? Okay, they're used to hearing four seasons. The way they viewed this uh, in in most schools of thought at that time, I mean, they move Earth around in different ways okay. at different times in, in Chinese medicine history. But sometimes it will be shown as the center of those other four. Okay. And sometimes it's just there in the full circle of the five. Oh. But wherever it is, 
It always is giving a chance to bring things back to neutral, for things to be regrouped, reunited, to be feeling safe and comfortable. So they looked at, for instance, the um, late August to late September as one month right there where they definitely uh, referred to it as irrisalement. So late August, early September? Or? Late, late August to later September. Oh, to late September. Okay, and then four more times at the other four season changes, the, uh, be at the two equinoxes and the two solstices. Okay. The Earth's energy in its essence, here we are again with essence idea, the essence of the Earth element energy would be there to help the organs that were finishing up their regenerative spin in, the, in that season to maximize their healing and then also to kind of prepare the organs that were ahead in the next season. Mm. So after Earth would be metal, which would be fall. Yeah. That's lungs and large intestine. And so there would be this, this beautiful. Say it again. What, 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 uh, organs? Lungs and large intestine. Oh. All right. Every one of these organ systems has a worker organ and a maintenance organ. Okay. And the maintenance organ comes along, cleans up after the metabolic waste that's created oh. by the worker organ. Good system, don't you think? I mean, good. you yeah. know, if you if you're a woodworker, you know how much you kind of like to have somebody come along clean up all those shavings at the end of the day. You bet, yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah. that when you go back in there the next morning, it's you're not shuffling through ankle deep in shavings. Mm. So this is all real practical, real commonsensical. You know, yes. it's just farming and gardening. All right. Well, that's really nice. So we have the two, we have late August to late September is Earth, then the two equinoxes and the two solstices. Those are the other two. And, and at those seasons. times, there for two weeks, the earth element essence, you know, the energy of the earth element is there, bringing more of a unification, a calm, you know, a chance to to regroup and feel secure. Because the, each of these seasons, during each of these seasons, one organ system that is, you know, goes with that season is going to be getting more blood supply and more chi to the meridians that support that organ system than any of the other four organ systems at that time. Okay. So we're coming out of winter. Yes. Which has been the kidney and the bladder, getting all this extra blood supply. And but is cheap. that then uh, the equinox? We're talking about uh, the spring equinox in this case. We're coming out of winter. Well, so when you talk about, so yeah. what element is that? Metal? We mean, what are we doing for spring? What's yeah. the metal? What, what's it's wood. It's wood. Okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. So we're doing the winter to spring jump right now. Okay. All right. So what I was even thinking of having people do if they want, where right where they are, other than if you're driving, <laughs> don't try this, <laughs> but if you just want to draw yourself a nice big circle. Yeah. And then you put five other circles intersecting that circle. Five other circles. Okay. Five other circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. You could put the first circle at the... Yes. At a 10 o'clock position on your circle. Right. Draw your second circle at 12 noon. Are they intersecting with each other or they're not touching? They're just touching. They're each not. Other? The circles aren't touching. They're just intersecting the outer okay. structure of the circle. I got it. And then a two o'clock setting or yeah. position and a four o'clock and seven o'clock or so. And an eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. All right. All right. And so on that first circle that you've drawn, just write the wood word, wood. In the middle, the one in the middle. No, the first oh, one the at first, the 10 o'clock position. Okay. That's wood. That's wood. All right. 
And then at the 12 o'clock position, it would be fire. Fire, okay. All right. Then at 2 o'clock position, it would be earth. Earth, okay. And then 4 o'clock would be metal or the air element. And 8 o'clock would be water, water and the the uh, whole huh. circulatory system. Okay. All right. So as they... They, they easily knew they had those systems. Like I told you, they even, by dissecting into the body, they could see with their own eyes. Right. What these, I mean, it wasn't like they had x-ray or ultrasound or anything that way. They had to do this, like I said, low-tech thing of actually in, invading the body to see with their own eyes. Yes. But, um, the, the story here is that, um, they were starting to see more from just, Watching nature and plants grow and what, what animals went through each day, they would see them get up, birth, maturation, fulfillment. They would see that at the end of the day, they, they would really want to be quiet. They would go get in shade. They would go get in a cave. They would get under a bush or whatever. But so what was the, uh, what would then be in a day when you talk about wood at 10 o'clock, fire at 12, earth at 2, metal at 4, water at 8, what would be the first one that would start today? Would that always be wood, or would it be uh, which one? Would it be earth? You what? actually, you actually could consider that water is more where you would start this this circle. The sequence is always okay. the same, obviously, in nature. Right. Nature right. always uses the same sequence to heal itself. Yes. All right, and so um, as it as that starts to go on in the water element with the kidney and bladder, the whole circulatory system, and the body's ability to balance its water, yes. okay, clean, cool, and circulate itself. Okay. Then when that's going on, that is where we actually have this, the transformation of the, um, we're, we're protecting the seed. In wintertime, we don't see the productivity. It's not above ground. All the action is out of sight. Okay. All right. And so what's going on then is this where the real productivity is, is to seal and strengthen that seed out of sight so that when spring comes, that seed, that, you know, that kernel, whatever we're going to count on there to get the plant going is very maximal. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so what they would even do, uh, you know, consciously and deliberately would be to use plants that we're going to each of them be one of these elements, and then they would, you know, they would, they would basically doctor their soil. So their soil, they deliberately would till their gardens or till their big crop areas, so that the soil had all those essences of the five different elements. So wow. that meant there were going to be nutrients that were going to be able to feed. The, the, uh, wood element organs, the fire element organs, the earth element and, and metal and water element organs. So if, if we get a more working knowledge of the organs that go with each of those systems mm -hmm. and seasons. Yeah. And what their function is about and what time of day they're at the peak of that function and 12 hours across from the time they're at that peak of their function, they're going to be at their weakest point. All these things help us to understand life on Earth more, which is a big part of why I gravitated to the whole Chinese medicine idea because a complete, the most complete system of medicine, it seems, you could say, would be the one that addresses 
and supports all the five organ systems equally. If you leave out one of those organ systems in your method of medicine, what do you have right. over time? But if, if you look at this, and you, you said earlier, the day is a 24-hour and a day is a microcosm of the larger concept, mm-hmm. uh, then if you have these five elements, I guess you go as a person, you go twice through the five elements. Maybe every minute you go through it as well. But would, if you do 12 hours, so let's say you wake up and you're more in the water element then, because you said starting of the day would be more the water. Mm-hmm. And then you move through wood, fire, earth, and metal. If you would be at night then, um, would that, would you kind of move through the earth and metal element in your seven, eight hours of sleep? Or is it, uh, and then would that also correspond with many people who in the middle of the afternoon, early to middle afternoon, started ha- start having uh, feelings of being tired, and and uh, if they don't eat right, they get you know they get mm-hmm. uh, they get a dip, and they haven't eaten the right kind of food, and that's why they get uh, and children in school, as you saw, after in fifth period, all of a sudden they're all falling asleep <laughs> because they didn't eat the right kind of food. Is that is that fair to look at it that way, that you have those cycles of 12 hours each in which per 12 hours these five elements play a role? It depends if you want to zoom in just on the hours that you're awake and yeah. you're more apt to be eating. Sometimes I help my clients just zoom in on maybe say more like the 16 or 18 hours of the day, you'd be more likely to put food in. Okay. I'm not trying to help them eat during the night at two and three in the morning. I'm sorry, but if you're eating then, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't call me. Good luck with that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, if you want to just kind of get a sense, uh, on this whole grid here of what would make sense for what foods you're eating at those times a day, then I would skinny it down to maybe more like 16 hours out of that 24. If you're trying to get the whole 24, the essence of the whole 24, then you have to realize that from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah. is where we are nourishing okay. the body. Okay. And 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. is when we're cleansing the body. That could be another couple words for yin and yang. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So there we are back to that philosophy where they had that to begin with in ancient China, yin and yang. So they were looking out for making sure they nourished the body and cleansed the body. Okay. With, you know, by the assistance of nutrients and their meals to do that. Then they added the five element philosophy, which meant that amongst all of those, amongst that living organism, whatever it is, a plant, a human, or an animal, those five organ systems have to be equally fed to the great, you know, as much as possible. Okay. So it was not that one meal out of the day would be focusing more on certain elements. Every meal you want to have the right kind of wholesome nutrition. Let me help you out here? Yeah, please. Okay. Waking up. Because I know you're working as a nutritionist, you're working with people's nutrition. Mm -hmm. And you you, you try to make the the nutrition a physical aspect of what the body's cells need in order to perform. But at the same time, as you're dealing with Chinese philosophy, you're working with body, mind, and spirit. You, You try to feed every part of the system. Right. That's right. So, mm-hmm. so when you sit down with somebody and somebody says, um, you know, oh God, always two o'clock, three in the afternoon, I just have this dip, or uh, after I have breakfast in the morning, I feel really bloated and I don't feel like eating for lunch, or 
you know, or I want to skip breakfast. Uh, I hear about uh, eating two meals a day, intermittent fasting. When you talk to somebody, how do you tell them to choose their food throughout the day? Okay, for one thing, I do a pretty customized approach. That's what I figured, yeah. 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 Even modern, you know, allopathic medicine is heading towards what they refer to as customized nutrition. Good. And they're starting to sound out the kind of phrases like, if somebody doesn't have the genome for digesting broccoli, yeah. then they just shouldn't eat it. Now, I don't want to stop there. I want to feed all these organ systems equally so that they can, they can, on their own, the body, when fed that in such a balanced way, it will be able to keep regenerating itself, readapting to its challenges. In in the course of a day, you've got weather that challenges you. Yeah. You name it, any number. Relationships, work. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So the bottom line is that the it's more apropos to say the survival of the most adaptive is the one to watch out for. Yes. I remember we used to watch a few shows, The Survivor, and my husband and I would always go bet on who was going yes. <laughs> to be still standing. Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah. And so, you know, it, it might be the, the wiry little thin guy mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. came out on top because yeah. if he, if he could adapt the best of any of them to all the challenges. Yes. That was going to put him in good stead. Yes. For the overall story. So that's what our bodies are capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a big part of my work to, I'll put it this way, to show people what's right with them. Yes. Because I had to focus on that with Catherine. I had to focus on, yeah, but she has, she can breathe. She can da 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 yeah. All those five organ functions. Okay. And that gave me a common denominator to have her along with everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, and to physically, tangibly support into it. So, um, that adaptability is huge. Mm-hmm. And that can't be there if one or two or three of these organ systems are repeatedly going without what they need in specific nutrients. Now, if I just say to somebody, go on out and get some specific nutrients for your liver and gallbladder, uh-huh. you know, and your immune system, yeah. they'll give me a nice blank look and yeah. I'll hand them my <laughs> beginner's notebook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's part of my role is to yes. just demystify Chinese medicine. Yeah, make it practical. And and also have it so that here we are, we're living mm-hmm. in America and you know or wherever someone is. This is applicable. That's one thing I may want to make very clear is that yes, this was way back then, mm-hmm. but it is no less applicable now. Partly because the true Chinese spirit and the true American spirit are both very practical peoples. Mm-hmm. We keep with what works. It's not like maybe I'm not picking on the Danes here, but they might say, ah, oh, yes, our pastries, we are the Danes, we right. eat it because it's tradition. Yes. You know, they might be killing themselves <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> a little more every day. We live but, and buy by the Danish. Yeah. We live and die by the Danish. Yeah, I knew there was another phrase you'd have on that. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's, it's what works. It's mm-hmm. a very pragmatic approach. Again, thinking back to we're farming or gardening the body's health. All right. So yeah. if you're not getting that plant to be standing up there nice at the end of the season, what what's it worth? Were yeah. you just in this little, you know, mm-hmm. uh, romper room and you just thought you'd till a little soil and see what you could grow there? Or the the benefit of looking into some of the ancient cultures and civilizations should be that we can stand on the shoulders of their accomplishments right. and their breakthroughs and their discoveries. This is clearly an era 
to know about because we, by virtue of this, can be much more empowered to understand the the essence of life even. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wish they just understood everybody who lives in their house with them better. But we don't really even understand ourselves well. So this system is more of a complete system of medicine. Yeah. There's a combination of like a science, an art, and a philosophy. So you can understand how you got into your illness. Yes. You can do what it takes to come on out of it, which, by the way, you cannot come out of an illness with unless you're doing an increased amount, not amount, an increased quality of nutrition than when you went into the, the illness. That's a fairy tale. Okay. okay, it's got to be increased, whether it's through concentration or purity or variety or what. Something's got to be different if you're going to be hoping and dreaming that you're coming out of it. Right, right, right. All right, makes yeah. sense. And then... Um, you have to understand how to maintain that health. Yes. To not get sick That's again. That's right, so you right. don't get sick again. So what we're caught in in our modern predicament is that our technology has advanced very rapidly on us in the last 20 years, taken us kind of by surprise, but our souls have been stymied. Our souls haven't advanced, and now we're finding ourselves behind the curve. And so we're seeing all this stuff breaking down, all of this relationship stuff at whatever level, not coming from the heart as much, coming through maybe your text, but not, we don't know how to be really truly relating to each other. And so we're finding ourselves trusting the word that starts with G-O, that is spelled Google, yeah. more than trusting the word that starts with G-O, which is God. Uh-huh. And so what is exciting to me about Chinese medicine era of, of nutrition approach is that they were aware that it takes the same alchemy to nourish the soul and raise it up that it takes to nourish the body. So it seems like our maker has given us a built-in responsibility and and job i mean granted we can hand it away to somebody and always have somebody else cook for us but if we we aren't hardwired for our food our nutrition we don't have to think about our uh, and by comparison we don't have to think about our respiration we don't have to keep saying oh breathe in oh i better breathe out oh better breathe it in again Uh. we are we are called into duty on this subject of this one out of the five elements. Mm. And so through this... Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you say that the soul is lagging behind, and I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I would almost say it's almost like we got off the rails. The soul is still doing what it's supposed to do, but yeah. we decide to go on the, on the short track and hope to get somewhere, wherever, whatever that is, sooner. Faster, yeah. sooner, yeah. better, smarter. We're not, we're not smarter. taking the soul with us. We're no, not, we're not. You know. No, we've well, let, we're, and we're, we're... I like that. That's really, I, mean, I mean, I don't like that, but it's, I yeah. like the way you say it. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Well, we're going to take another break. Two hours are done, folks. We have one more hour to go with Marsha Scully Wallerman and the understanding of the five-element theory and how that is translated into nutrition. So stay put. We will be right back. One of the things that I had for you is um, maybe you can help me out a little bit because I see also quite a few people who complain. Why do I always feel a dip in the afternoon? Why do I always get tired at 3 o'clock or 2.30 or 1 o'clock or right after I eat? If I eat at 12, I get, I fall down at 
1.30, I have just no more oomph left, and then people start snacking because the blood sugar drops. So what, a, what would be a recommendation, and I know you customize everything for each individual, but what would be a generic custom, custom, generic recommendation for people who deal with that? Okay, so it depends a little bit if the sluggishness is because you didn't digest what you had at lunch. Good point. Okay. okay. If that's the case, the last thing you need is a whole bunch of more food. You need some things to assist with that digestion going the rest of the way. All right. And so for each person, they've come to know what might help them digest better. Somebody might say, Oh, I go have some apple cider vinegar, right? Yeah. You know, or whatever. Um, somebody might go, you know, grandma might go and stir a little bit of baking soda yeah. into some water or whatever. Right. So you do the practical, logical thing. You go and you assist into the need. So if the need is, I mean, if the problem is coming about because the need in, in that moment is to help the digestion system finish up, yeah, okay. then, then you can look towards that. You obviously are going to want to use things that aren't um, going to add to the issue by a lot of processed sugar being involved with whatever that is. It's one of the things I caution people on even about uh, uh, kombucha. Right. Because for one thing, the fermentation doesn't stop in those bottles while it's sitting in the store. It doesn't or it does? It, it's possible that it doesn't. Okay. 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 They know what their fermentation percentage of alcohol is, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. when they put it in the bottles. Yeah. I can remember uh, living in an area near Whole Foods years ago. Yes. When that was first coming out. and. Mm -hmm. And people, the Whole Foods at one point pulled it out of their case because people were starting to use it like alcohol. Oh, I used okay. to sit in the, in the Whole Foods food court on my lunch break and watch people beeline from the front door right to the case. No way. <laughs> and that's all they wanted. Well, that's the look of an addiction motoring somebody. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's really bad. Okay. Yes. So they were just, they were using it to substitute for what their body wasn't able to do for itself. Yeah. We're more talking about being able to feed the body in a way that it can, it can adapt to its, whatever in this case is a sluggish stomach. Okay? Sluggish stomach. Okay. All right. All right. So instead of the body having to kick in with a bunch of fight or flight. Yes. And maybe a big allergic response. Cause like, Oh gosh, we got to do something with this undigested food then the body will find it's less intrusive, a less aggressive, um, you know, less, um, less disturbing way to resolve it. Yeah. So for somebody, that might just be getting some apple cider vinegar and letting it all tame down. Yes. You got to keep thinking for your own purposes, for you right there in that body, um, what what do I always notice it takes to stop these things? I see. And then deliberately have some of those agents on hand. Yes. That's part of being prepared too is, is have some of that stuff in your nature's medicine cabinet and mm -hmm. your food, food is medicine cabinet. Mm -hmm. All right. So that you're prepared for those moments. Um, you know, somebody might pop in some digestive enzymes. Yes. Now, the main thing you want to do if you're using any of that assistance is make sure that they are able to interface at the time in your digestive process when it really could make a difference. Mm -hmm. A lot of digestive enzymes are formulated in a way that they, they can't be activated until the issue's already gone south. Okay. okay. All right. 
And again, for each person, you have to know, do I, if it's capsules, do I need to open them up and just sprinkle it on my food? Or do I do better? Some people will say, no, I just feel better if I just take, keep it in the capsule. Well, right. usually those capsules that are enzymes, uh, my understanding is the people who make the capsules can make the capsule custom. So right. the, si- the, the, uh, the thickness of the capsule itself is customizable. The, most of these enzymes will actually open up within about five, six minutes. Yeah. And now it's people- more that way. Yeah. 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 Well, Maybe that's a quick about. five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in general, we want to just keep being able to have that good digestive you know, enzyme activity on our own. Some people might just, um, some people might just do a little bit of warm water yeah. with a little bit of salt in it. Yes. You know, to, there's, there's the acute situation. You know, it's what, what is my choice to go in and just get this thing calmed down so that I can think straight? Okay. All right. So that could be just the, you know, Essence again tells us it doesn't have to be a bunch of volume in order to make the difference. And that is, that's really a powerful message because a lot of us, feel that we got to eat because we, we're we not going to eat for the next five, six hours. So we want to make sure there is enough in there so that we feel hungry by the time the next one comes around. But as you mentioned in the first hour or second hour was it's not about how much you eat. It is that the five elements, the fire, air, water, metal, and earth are all represented in the food. Um, maybe this will this can help ton I, I i appreciate your answer and and again one of the things that i emphasize to people don't drink too much while you eat mm-hmm. because you're diluting right. that acid so you say try some apple cider vinegar but i'm i'm thinking practically uh, we have we have a lot of edu- people in education in this mm-hmm. area we have a lot of people in construction construction is booming people are outdoors mm-hmm. uh, they bring the lunch box they can only carry so much with them and they say, well, whew, you know, I got my break half hour and I, I got to get my food in because I got to go all the way till three o'clock or four o'clock or five, whatever. And before I can have my next meal. Um, so I, I see that point. I think still that if, if possible, get a good breakfast, get something that really gets you going. If you could explain to us a little bit. What are foods that fall in the metal category or in the water category or in the, in the, in the earth category? Would you have something, uh, give us a rough idea what that would be? Sure. And so if you're talking then about eating of the different food groups of the different elements, that would be a complete meal. Then it is not all about the volume, but it is about the quantity of the nutrients. To me, that's a very powerful message. Well, because when you do that, you have, uh, um, synergistic strength in that meal, mm-hmm. not just molecular strength. If you just have an apple right. sitting there, you've just got okay. molecular strength. For the, you know, I mean, there, granted, there's some synergistic strength even right within the apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based, you know, on on how it was raised and all that good stuff. But when you have a meal that has all those five elements in it, then you have synergistic structure. In other words, you have a symphony going on. Uh-huh. If you paid a big ticket, big ticket price to go to the symphony and you got in there and, and all that showed up was the oboe player. Yeah. It's you hard. don't have an orchestration. No. Okay. No. You're probably going to be asking for your money back. <laughs> yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I may so start to sing. <laughs> our, our organs would like to file <laughs> some of those kind of complaints. Now, yeah. what I encourage people to do, Jacobus, is have their main meal of the day. Make a goal of having that, at least that one, be five-element balanced. Okay. All right? 
Now, it doesn't mean everything has to be exactly the same mounts, you know. Um, the way, the main way we can do this is to, is this tangible, is zero in on the five tastes. So the five tastes. For wood, it would be sour. For fire, it would be bitter. For earth, it would be naturally sweet. Earth? Earth. Uh-huh. Okay. And for metal, it would be pungent or sharp tastes. They're capable of breaking up congestion in the system. All right. And then for water, it would be salt. Huh. So that gives a little guidance right there. Yeah. And so if you just look at your meal and you, uh, you know, if, if, if you kind of write down what you eat in a meal and then later go back and look at it and according to the five tastes, you know, for instance, garlic, onion, turnips, ginger, cauliflower. What are those? Those are. These are all pungent tastes. Pungent, I would say. Okay. So, yeah. so think about, you know, there's, there's no comparison between ginger and turnip (laughs) in one way yes 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 but you'd much rather have ginger ale than turnip ale (laughs) yeah i do right but um they both have that in common again essence Mm -hmm. they both can get in there and break up stagnation and congestion now the metal element organs are lungs and large intestine and those are the two organs in the body that can go very little distance with congestion if somebody's, you know, dealing with water, fluid in their lungs, everybody's wanting to hustle them in, you know, get help right away. If somebody's got a bowel obstruction in the... So horseradish would also be part of that category. It would be. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because in supplements, horseradish is often associated with pro- in products that have to do with phlegm, loosening yes. lungs, sinuses, opening up the airways. Okay, well, it disperses ah. energy. Yeah, so it disperses energy. So we can say food is medicine because medicine's real definition is something that can move the condition in the body from where it is to a different... To where it should be. To, to a, well, hopefully where it should be, but yeah. it can make a change okay. in the status in the body. All right. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about wood? Wood is sour? Wood is sour. So okay. something like you uh be looking at broccoli, green okay. peas, um, yogurt, oatmeal... Um, you could be thinking of the egg yolk in the egg. Really? I would not see those as sour. I mean, but it is... It's... Okay, there's another qualifier for where a food falls okay. in these five elements. Okay. One of them is color on the inside or the outside. One of them is its cell constituency. Every cell in our body needs to have a little bit of fat, a little bit of vitamins and electrolytes, mm-hmm. a little bit of of um, carbohydrates, uh-huh. you know, good uh-huh. carbohydrates, a little bit of protein, and a little bit of good mineralization. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that it can do the things that those five do. Yeah. Wood, immune strength, okay? Mm-hmm. Endocrine would be the, uh, and the bitter would be the uh, vitamins and min- electrolytes. They have to have a natural level of stimulation to kick things into gear. That's yeah. what fire is, decisive action, okay? And then the earth the carbs, you need enough carbohydrate of the right kind to help you digest your food as well because everything totally chewed in the mouth and in proper digestion turns into a natural sweetness. Even meat will, if you chew it long enough, it will go, some of them, this hardly at all, but it will go to a 
naturally sweet taste. Huh. That naturally sweet taste is exactly the essence. Yes. There we are again of the kind of of glucose that is needed to be in the brain, in the blood when it arrives in the brain. Because if the blood arrives in the brain low on glucose, the brain isn't liking it. That's correct. All right. That's it can't correct. do its job. So there you are, your coach and your, your athlete. Yeah. And your athlete and the athlete's going, what, what gives? Yes, exactly. You know? Wow. Okay. So that's, that's why the, the brain and the gut are so connected. But it's interesting that you say that because I, I read indeed that, uh, the body is able to dissect if you can say that, proteins in the body. So people who are on a high-protein diet, mm-hmm. it actually can convert the proteins into sugars. Right. And therefore, it goes to the brain. So people who are on a high-protein diet, which is not per se balanced, you need mm-hmm. other elements as well, uh, have a tendency that they still could have too much uh, sugar in their, in their blood, uh, so to say, because it, 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 um, that's how the body converts it. Okay, and that's, so interesting that's legitimate. That. We, see, legitimate we, we now, need yes. to understand these things like biological transmutation. Yes. You take in one nutrient and it, it, it morphs in, yes. you know, in, in tra- biological transmutation huh. inside the, the body is what it, what it is then and how it can affect the, the tissue and the cells. So it is really key to understand this just enough that you can start to be your own little good food detective. You know, and a, and a, Again, go to looking at how you're going to eat that day based on essence and yes. your needs, your wishes, and how you, you know, most people don't want to deliberately set themselves up early in the day to, they're not ex- excited about failure. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> they, no. They want to, you know, I got up to win, you know. Um, so when you talked about wood, you talked about uh, sour, sour, and right. then you mentioned as foods for that uh, broccoli, green peas, yogurt, oatmeal, and uh, for example, and it was of course a much longer list, but that gives us a, a, a glimpse. And then mm-hmm. you said the the wood element is important for the immune system and for the endocrine system. Well, the wood feeds the en- feeds wood it. feeds fire. That's not hard to believe in a natural metaphor. All right. Yeah, sure. Throws sure. a little wood on the fire. And that's the next one down. There's fire. That's in the, the next, next natural sequence of nature. The way nature, you know, remakes itself. Wood does support fire. So now, before we leave wood, though, each one of these phases, each one of these elements, also helps those organs in that organ system be able to break down one of the five cell constituents. So I just looked at a little bit ago how each cell in the body needs quality fats. It needs vitamins, electrolytes, carbs, protein, and water. Yes. All right. So the wood elements, organs, jobs are to help break down one category of those cell constituents, five cell constituents, which would be quality fats. Okay. All right. Okay. It's big time needed by the wood element organs to do their job well. Um. I mean, it, the, the taste sour is very big time needed to help the liver and gallbladder do their job, which is to break down, partly to break down fats and purify the blood. Yeah. If you don't have good action that way, you aren't going to have as much success at breaking down fats, which is the job of the wood element. You know, it's, part of the job of the wood element is to supply accessible, easily used, pure essence of fat. Wow. Right. Okay, so when we come it, back, let's talk right. about that because that is uh, that's really that's a great insight. I really appreciate that. Now, 
I it starts to connect. I'm, yes, I'm I, connecting. I, the I dots. see the lights going on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's another commercial. Ah, uh, we're going to take a short break, folks. Uh, Marsha Scully Wallerman will be back. Stay put, please. Good morning, caller. Thanks for holding on during the break. What is your name? How can we help you, please? Good morning, Jacobus, and good morning, Marsha. All right. I'm a, I'm a client of Marsha's. And oh, nice. One of the things that I wanted to to add to this conversation is that it's wonderful to have this understanding, not only of the philosophy and the science of all of this nutrition, but when you do work with Marsha, she's done it for so long that she's got these beautiful graphs and lists of exactly which foods are in which categories, what the taste is and everything. And so when you're really striving to do things on the run, as most of us are these days, and you say, okay, this is my five-element food meal, you can just pull out your little charts and pick food from each of the five categories and build your own meal. And so it's very practical, and it's pretty easy to do, actually. It's not it's not all that complicated. And I, I wanted to mention that one of the benefits for me over the last several years is that when I go to see my regular MD, my doctor, and I get my blood test done, virtually all of my categories have come back into the normal ranges. Huh. And that's just by making sure that sometime in every day I get some of the five elements into my food sometime that day. And it can be all in one meal or it can be spread out through the, out the day. At any rate, I just wanted to say how it can be made so easy. Yeah. And and you can easily prepare a meal by just looking at the categories and selecting the food that you want to make that meal. So you can pick and choose what you like, and you try within every meal to pick something out of each category. Not within every meal, but within every day. Within every day, I try to get something that's in each of the categories. And so at any rate, it's been a wonderful practice for me. And if, when you do understand the science and the philosophy and everything, it gives you a deeper understanding. But I just wanted to, people to know that it's practical and easy to do, too. Well, let me ask you then a question. If you've been working with Marsha, what was your, if I can ask, if you wanted to share, what was your primary complaint or worry when you before you started? I think probably for me it was aging. Okay. And so there were lots of little things. You know, you just don't have a, a great sense of wellness overall. It certainly has helped me with some level of weight management and blood pressure control okay. and things like that. But it wasn't like I went with uh, one ailment and said, I'm, I'm having this medical problem. Mm, it was okay. really, I, I was really looking for greater balance and well-being. Mm-hmm. Wow. You want to say, Marsha is nodding her head. But when you're on radio, nobody knows you're nodding the head, so you have to <laughs> yeah, you have right. to say something if you want to. Thanks say for something. the reminder, Yakov. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. She's pretty insightful. She might figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> she she probably does. She's got inner vision. Yeah. So is it is it also a caller that you feel? Did you used to have food cravings and they're gone, and you have, you feel more energy throughout the day as well? Yeah, definitely food cravings, and so there's no doubt about it that when you are getting a greater balance, the cravings tend to diminish. I think sometimes our cravings are habitual, and so all of us have to deal with those kinds of things on our own willpower and all that kind of thing. But when you have a more balanced system in place, you just don't have the cravings that much. And how long did it take for you to get out of the 
craving sensations as you used to know them? Well, was it a month? Was it a week? Was it a oh, year? I don't think I don't think I could qualify it like that. I I would just say that there are some aspects of cravings that are not gone yet, and yet the sense of feeling satisfied and not hungry. I see. Okay, and once when you know that you've placed all these elements in, then you have the sense, okay, this is pretty well balanced. I see. And then it's sort of like it's almost mental. Well, I don't need to have this other thing to eat right now. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Do you also find that at night you don't have the cravings, the munchies before you go to bed? <laughs> no, I, I can't say that that's never true. Okay. <laughs> but you're still, think... you're still human, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm still human. I don't think that has to do with foods. I think that has to do with other things. You know, like it's cold outside. It's winter. It's dark. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, it's very good. Any any comments you have, Marsha? Or questions for her? I mean, she she's she's made a lot of um a lot of headway in very very important special categories. That's good. Very important with their overall you know global view of of just food in general and eating out of these five tastes and five cell constituents or five categories of food. Carbohydrates happens to be the most prevalent of all those five you on bet. planet Earth. I would say there's even some meats, of course, that are. They've got some carbohydrate yeah, yeah, yeah. content technically to them. So it's it's not like the maker goofed and put all this abundance of carbohydrates here and then it's kind of like, okay, good luck with that. Yes. <laughs> it's more understanding where it fits. And when we look back at what we said about the natural sweet taste that comes out of good digestion, which is earth element function, yeah. then when we get good digestion, we get to that good natural sweetness of any food we put in our mouth because it goes to that level of digestion where it naturally will turn to that. It's a healing sugar at that point. It's yes. a category of a healing sugar that can actually facilitate more digestion and also better brain chemistry. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So it isn't so much just per se going and getting that, whatever that sweet thing is. It, it's not... That's not the only way we're looking at sweet. Okay. All right. Good point. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate your input. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jacobus and, and Marsha both. It's a pleasure to hear you this morning. And thank you, Jacobus, for the years of continuing service to the community in oh, this way. Thank you so much. Okay. You're, very, you're very welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, Bye-bye. From the text line, it says, all the scullies are listening. All of them are. All of them are. <laughs> That's, they, were, they almost didn't get the invitation for Christmas dinner anymore. <laughs> That's a requirement yeah. right there. Well, the fun I'm having is I'm listening to. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying this, yeah, brothers you, and sisters. Okay, you are. Right. Just make sure that you don't nod your head without saying it. Yeah. I'm get <laughs> I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of one of those radio etiquettes, you know. <laughs> you're going to have to say something. People at home don't know what you're doing. Right. You can fidget, but you cannot not speak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, oh, so we were talking about these elements. And, and uh, so to go back here to my page where I wrote some things down, uh, in a quick nutshell here, there are five so we have the five elements, wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And then you had five tastes. The wood is sour, fire is bitter, earth is sweet, metal sharp, and water salt. Now, those then, on top of that, are connected with five different organ pathways, organ systems, 
what are the organ systems and how are they connected to the five elements? Okay, so the chi uh, supports and stimulates the meridian that goes with that organ. Okay, the energy meridian, the same energy meridians that, you know, Chinese medicine practitioners use, yes. whether it's needles or acupressure or whatever. Yes. I just knew I wanted to move chi with food. Okay. And by virtue of the years with Catherine and all those experiences, I could see that chi, that food could actually change the direction of the activity in, in her body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. If something wasn't digesting, then it needed to have, if it wasn't going on more south in the body to continue to be processed the ne to the next degrees. Yes. Then, then I would be wanting to use a food that grows downward. Okay. Because the way that a plant grows, hmm. the way the chi goes in a plant is based on how that plant grows. Okay. Okay. So, uh. like, you know, the root vegetables obviously going to be able to take things lower in the body. Right. Some okay. people that are real fiery individuals. Maybe Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, they might tend in an out of balance state for them to carry their, their chi up too high in their body. When it's up too high, you're up with the lungs and the heart. Okay. And those are not places that do well, organs that do well with a lot of heat close to them. Huh. All right. Okay. So if, uh, you know, some people are just, we, you know, we almost, uh, one of my clients was surprised when she looked in a window in a downtown store going by and she realized she had more than a head. <laughs> How interesting. <laughs> because she lives there. Yes. You know, at this, at this yeah. point, that was what she was observing. Yeah. So, yes, and the chi is meant to be evenly distributed mm -hmm. in all those different, uh, there's basically three warmers in the torso of the body. The torso okay. is where the bulk of our organs are. Mm -hmm. So the lower warmer, you know, if you're, uh, acquainted with Chinese medicine, you maybe have heard your acupuncturist refer to your lower burner or your lower warmer. Okay. Or your middle warmer and your upper warmer. Mm -hmm. In the lower warmer, you're talking about your two kidneys and your dantian. Okay. Okay. That's the main act organ activity there. All right. And then the middle burner is more the key organs are liver and stomach. And then the upper burner would be heart and lungs. So our organs have geographic or or horizontal neighbors mm. okay so the liver and the stomach are in that same horizontal band that middle warmer they're going to be able to pancreas is there too yes well we're yeah. talking about yeah we're talking about the worker organ oh, the worker we're just kind of okay going with mm. with the worker organ in each okay. of these pairs for what we're doing right here but well, the, I, hope, I hope my pancreas works <laughs> yeah okay well, good no 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 I get it okay so yeah. the liver yeah. and the stomach that's why they you know so the yeah. immune system and the digestive system are going to be able to inf affect each other right if either of them are out of balance okay so a, a tangible example would be sour is the taste of wood okay in the immune system yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you eat too much sour it could over um, control your earth element, which is spleen, pancreas, and stomach. If you, if you suck on a lemon, mm -hmm. you're not real apt to go and eat a whole big bunch of food right away. Interesting. The sour taste slows down that, you know, desire to put more in. Instead, uh -huh. it's, it's more of an astringency. It's more, this essence is more to, 
um, uh, break things down that are already there rather than to take on more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The stomach would like to have a vote in when you put more food in. <laughs> huh. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. That makes Each total of these sense. organs yeah. is like one of our best friends. Mm-hmm. Think how amazingly diligent and continually they serve us. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about the lower warmer, uh-huh. was you only? I heard you only say the kidneys. Was there another one that goes with it? Is it bladder or is it intestines? Well, we're again we're looking at the worker organ in the pair. So the bladder, okay. the bladder is the bladder the, would be the other is one. the other one in the pair. So that's okay. the maintenance organ. All right. Okay, so worker, the, the first one you mentioned is always the worker, and then there is the maintenance. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, so the stomach is the worker, though. Or is that the mm-hmm. maintenance? That's the worker. That's the worker. And the liver mm-hmm. is the maintenance. Yes. Now, there are varying, there's a couple schools of thought on this. Okay. So just that goes for everything I'm saying, you know. this, And even the, the fact that this is a well-balanced system. Yes. We have to be careful that we don't get into the same danger that's there with any system and get all idealistic, you know, I... Idolatrous. We don't want to get yeah. theoretical right. about it. That's okay? where we're counting on the fact that your soul and your heart have wisdom in here to, you know. I think it's very amazing when you realize that the body is so complex and, you know, adaptive and re- reparative and regenerative and always thrusting for more life, more of, of that essence. You can't, a person could not actually do away with themselves by holding their breath. Mm-hmm. There are backup systems in our body that would override our conscious desires. Okay. Our human conscious desires. Mm-hmm. So nobody could hold their breath until they perished. I see. Their system would kick in and do it. Unless, of course, they took themselves and put them in a place where they couldn't get out of. Right. And yeah. it finished yeah. them off. Yes. But we don't. We don't know how to finish ourselves off in the most important department. Right. <laughs> the matter in daily life, too. Right, right, right. Okay, so it's that to me is just amazingly awesome. Mm. Yeah. Folks, uh, Marsha Scully Wallerman is my guest today on the Gesundheit with Jacobus. You're tuned in to AM 1450, AM 1340, where Montana talks. Her website is the number five element foodsalchemy.com 5elementfoodsalchemy.com Her office phone is 406-522-0722 522-0722 She will organize a class, a cooking class in three weeks from today Saturday, April 14 and that will be held at uh, 2400 Durston Road Unit 79, 2400 Durston Road, Unit 79, that will be held on that Saturday, April 14, from 11.30 to 1. You need to sign up for that. Um, you cannot just show up. She needs to know how many people are going to be there. So go to the website, 5elementfoodsalchemy.com, or if you cannot go there, then go, then call the number, 522 uh, the cost is $20 a person, and uh, I'm sure that just listening to today, you're going to learn a, quite a bit of practical tips. Is that something, by the way, that you're going to do more often? You're going to do cooking classes? I generally do at least about eight to ten of them a year. Wow. It depends on the on the demand. Yeah. Um, but no, I and I will just, if somebody wants to even get a group of people together yeah. and contact me, 
then I'll I'll I don't we don't have to wait for a set yeah. set date. BYOB? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. What is that? Bring your own body? Bring your own beverage. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope you bring body. your own body. Sure you did. <laughs> oh boy, that is good. Um Okay, so we were talking about uh, my question was um then you went to the warmers, the three warmers okay. of the torso. I wanted to understand how the five elements are connected to uh, five different organs. So you mentioned uh, organ systems. You mean organ systems? Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. So we got three. Okay. So yeah. what do we do? Wood, fire, and earth. So far, is that so? The lower is wood. Lower warmer. Oh, well, in the lower warmer, we're talking about the water element organs being there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it, all right. So I that's kidney the, and bladder. Get in your bladder, okay. So, okay, then we jump for up. example, our, our respiratory system. What, how, where does that fit in? Is that air? I would say it's air. Well, it is the air element. Yeah, the respiratory system is known as well. I metal would say so. air is another name for the metal element. Ooh, okay. okay? Right. Which makes it a little easier to connect to the fact that the lungs and large intestine are the ah. main organs there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, so the air is the... Um, so it's lungs and large intestine for air or metal element. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. What else? And then the earth the endocrine, element. Endocrine system. Endocrine system would be the heart, the small intestine, and the fire element, endocrine element, is more complex than the other four. There's also all those nine endocrine glands that are ministering fire. Okay. Okay. This, all right. Yeah interface here with the heart and the small intestine. Then we have the immune system. So that's the liver and the gallbladder. And there's a lot of interplay there, interaction with the central nervous system. The liver and the gallbladder kind of subcontract with the central nervous system to be able to run chi smoothly through the body because after all, the central nervous system there already is a system in place. Okay. I mean, a flow. All right, so one of the key things that I wanted to emphasize about right now with winter to spring where we're at, yes. the shift is water element in winter is flow, the essence of flow. Yes. All right? Yes. The flow of our will, you know, if we want to get more uh, exact. And wood, or liver and gallbladder in the immune system, which is spring, that's what we're flowing into, is our deepest sense of purpose. Our, 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 uh, and it's, and, and in, indeed, when we're tied into our deepest sense of purpose and fulfilling that, we have the greatest immune strength possible. The most ultimate defense we could come up with is union with our divine origins, our deepest sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. So you'll see people at this time of year either having a really greater ease in deciding how they're going to flow into a career or a profession that more matches up their deepest sense of purpose. Yes. Just because that's the essence of what's in the air when we're going from winter to wood. Mm-hmm. Or you might see the opposite of that. You mm-hmm. might see somebody that's just anguishing coming out of winter thinking, I, you know, uh, uh, no, opposite would be more like, I can't wait to upgrading my work. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to expand it. Okay, okay, and do more of my deeply meaningful work. Mm-hmm. So you see how these little images of nature can help coach us and 
be, you know, kind of a easier way of understanding something that looks so lofty or hard to, you know, complex. So if, uh, you know, I'm, I, I apologize, uh, maybe being a guy, I, I need to understand. <laughs> I do very linear thinking. Yes, I know. Here comes the Rubbermaid organizer in the silverware drawer. <laughs> what What is, <laughs> that's good, that's good. So lungs are metal, endocrine is fire. What is the immune? Wood. Wood. All right, we got that one. It might Wood. be the one that you need help <laughs> oh i need a lot of help trust me so the uh, digestive system what element is that okay that's the earth that's what right? i figured and that's the they in chinese medicine they consider the spleen and the pancreas as one function yeah and then um i'm sorry and then uh, we have circulatory the, circulatory system Circulatory system right? is kidneys, kidneys, yes. and the bladder. Okay, and that is what element? I, I'm I I'm wanting to back up here. It's spleen okay. slash pancreas. Okay, and and stomach. Okay, right. for the last one. All okay, right. and what that will be? Uh, that would be uh, metal. No, we have that already. Metal, metal, fire, liver, earth, water. It says water. Circulatory is water. Yes, it All is. All right. Okay. I'm good All right. At this. So your kidney and your bladder have to balance the amount of water in your body yeah. at mm. any given time. So it's yeah. not too excessive, which would make you retentive, or not too deficient, which would make you dehydrated. You see how this yin and yang is, yeah, no, is always in there. The two, two extremes. And then in, when they're in the middle way, that dance between them, they can be complementing each other, not competing with each yeah. other. It, it's very interesting. I tell you that looking at the agenda, we didn't get halfway through. So we have to have you back. <laughs> because this is, it's so interesting once I'm paying attention and hearing what you say and, and start connecting dots. And I really, I really appreciate that you, that you came in to do this. I think this is maybe one of the fastest shows I've done. This is three hours, but it went by really fast. So I, I agree. Thank I thank you. <laughs> Marsha, Scully Wallerman was my guest today. Give her a call at uh, 522-0722. Set up an appointment. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Bye-bye.